Hello, and welcome to the She Leads Her Life podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Schneider, and you guys, I'm so excited this morning, I can hardly contain myself. We have the one and only Emily Lay on the show with us today. Not only is she a best-selling author, she's a mama, and there are just so many people that follow her and follow her authenticity that she leads her life with. So I can't think of anyone better than to be on the show. So welcome, Emily. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am a mom of three. So I have a 10-year-old who just turned 10. And I have two six-year-olds who just turned six. Um, And my twins are in kindergarten. And I am the founder of Simplified, um, a brand of organizational tools and planners for busy women. And I'm an author, and I'm a laundry doer, and a house picker-upper. <laughs> I feel like my role, especially this past year, has just been quite large, like many of you. Um, but that's me. I, we live in Pensacola, Florida, and I'm just so happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited that you're here. I always like to ask my guests. I actually got this question from Bob Goff, who I absolutely adore and love, yeah. but I always ask, how is your head today and how is your heart? I'm great. I, I am having a great day. Yesterday, we celebrated my oldest 10th birthday. So I am still recovering from the fact that my baby, who was born five minutes ago, has the audacity to turn 10. Um, so yeah, I'm great. I'm good. I'm just, I'm so excited for him and to watch him grow. And we just had a nice get together with my fully vaccinated parents. And mm-hmm. so I'm just, um, I'm just Amen. happy and grateful yeah. today. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. My parents just got vaccinated too. And it's just such a sense of relief. Yeah. This, isn't it? Absolutely. Back, I love hearing, especially women entrepreneurs, take us to the back to the beginning of Simplified. What was the fuel behind creating this company? Well, um, I was a really overwhelmed new mom. Um, I had started a kind of a stationary uh, company. I was doing wedding invitations and branding for other companies. I mean, I was designing logos for like banks and all kinds of like, any anybody that would let me design stuff for them. Um, but when my oldest was born, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur, like with my whole heart, and I really wanted to be a good mom with my whole heart and it's really hard to give your whole heart to two different things, especially at the same time, because I had it in my head that I was going to like very beautifully work from home with a little baby and like just be really good at all the things because everybody else I knew was really good at all the things. I mean, social media was telling me that everybody else was perfect and had dinner on the table and wore heels every day and their hair was done and their laundry never piled up in the chair like mine did. Uh Um, and I was just really overwhelmed. So I went to Target and, you know, pushed my baby through the aisles as one does, you know, with their coffee in their hands, trying to find the secret to life. And I I was looking for a planner and everything I found wanted me to fill out, like how many glasses of water I had that day and, you know, how much money I spent that day. And just like reminded me of all the failures I'd had (laughs) during the day. And I just needed a place to keep my schedule and my to-do list. And so I went home and created it. And very long story short, um, the Simplified Planner was born. I think I tapped into a nerve with women in 2011 um, that has just, 
I tapped into this thing with women where we just, we just wanted to do life well, and we just want life to be simpler. And we know there's a better way than the way we're doing it. We know there's a better way. And so um, it just grew and grew and grew and grew uh, from there on. And we, I mean, a couple of years later, we were shipping 10,000 boxes out of my living room. And then we had a warehouse and um, it's grown. And now I have, uh, we have products in Target, Walmart, Office Depot and Staples with a Glance. And we have a, an online store and books and an awesome team. And it's wild, but it's so fun. That's incredible. Did you have... Did you feel anything nudging you to do this, to create yes. the planner? That, I mean, did it keep you up at night? Did you, were you constantly thinking about it? Or was it just something small that organically happened? So when I was little, um, my mom was a teacher. And I have um, a little brother. My mom was a teacher. My dad worked at the local power company. Like, we just had this very white picket fence life. And my, uh, my parents are amazing. And um, my mom would do things like put notes in my lunchbox to tell me, hey, get excited on Saturday, we're gonna clean your room. And I would be like, this is terrible. Um, but <laughs> she, so she like, <laughs> I know, and she created this like this love in me of a fresh start, right? That feeling you get when, let's say you're a kid and you go in your room and you kind of, did you ever like rearrange your room? Oh, like you would move your bed a little bit and all the time. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we would do that and we would clean out under the bed and she just made it, she made it so fun to take a mess and turn it into a fresh start. And so that was a blessing and a curse for me because growing up, I would, I love to do that. I'd love to be organized and that served me well, but I also had this like itchy thing about me where I would see the way other people would do things. Like let's say in college or in corporate America, which I, I have a master's degree in nonprofit management. So I led a very corporate career up until this. Um, I would see the way that the company would want to do things and be like, this is so complicated. Like, yeah. why do we have to sit in meetings all day? Can't yeah. we go out and do things? Yeah. And so, um, that little quirk about me, I just leaned into it and was like, what if I, what if I decided to just make the life that I want? I can't find the, the job that I want, the dream job. Um, so what if I just made it and like, just started it from scratch and, you know, didn't take a paycheck for a while, kept working my other job, used the time that I have. So it, it, it was born out of this desire in me to not just be reactive to life as it happened to me, to, but to be proactive and say, can I make it myself? Hmm. Can I, can I make something from scratch? Um, and so I did. And it was, yeah, I've made so many mistakes and costly mistakes and fallen on my face a hundred times. But when you believe in something enough, you just keep getting back up. And so, yeah, it, it, the answer to your question is yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's so beautifully said. I loved what you said about being react or not being reactive, but proactive. And especially mm -hmm. in these times today, I think that's so important, especially as moms to, mm -hmm. to not always having to be reactive, but proactive in your life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Not only are you the creator of Simplify, but you're also a very gifted writer, Emily. And I have loved your books immensely. Thank you. Your latest book, Growing Boldly, comes out very shortly. Uh, what yes. inspired you to write this book? Oh my gosh. I was just, so I had just written When Less Becomes More, which is 
so I, okay there's sort of four main books that I've written mm-hmm. the first one is Grace Not Perfection and that was like it's like my memoir like it's my yeah. story my heart the second one was A Simplified Life and that's like the tactics mm-hmm. and then the third one was When Less Becomes More and that's kind of the undoing the unbecoming the stripping away of layers mm-hmm. and then after I wrote that one I was like man I am just like on fire to write something about the grit and the gumption and the hard stuff and like the doing. And so we say that growing boldly is the work. I mean, it, 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 it really is like, if you want to build a life you love, if you want to be proactive about your life and decide to go out there and actually make something out of nothing, even if you're facing really hard circumstances, sometimes tragic circumstances. Side note, I had the honor of sharing a lot of other women's stories in the book and they will just absolutely like rock your soul. Mm. Um, And so that's where I was. Like, I just, I wanted to write a book that was bright and bold and full of fire. And that's what Growing Boldly is. Um, It is, it is not a book that you will be able to read in one sitting. It is a book that I hope every single chapter will just shake up something in you and make you step back and be like, wow, okay, like, what do I, what am I going to do with this information I have now in my own life? Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. And what perfect timing. I actually think the timing of this book and the concept of Growing Boldly where our country and where our state is at, people are ready. Do you feel that? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think that, um, so I wrote the book and turned the manuscript in four weeks before COVID, like shut down all our schools and all of that. And so during the editing process, and we didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last, but during the editing process, I was, I was, to be honest, like really nervous about it Mm -hmm. because when you, when you pour your heart into something from one perspective and then suddenly your life is flipped on its head and you're looking at it from another perspective, I thought, I hope this is still true, all of this stuff. And it was, it just, it was so exciting to edit the book and be like, oh, okay, this whole thing is written on stuff that does not change. Whether you are facing a pandemic or like really hard stuff in your life or really sick children, like just some of the stories in the book are just remarkable. And um, I do, I think that the timing is very serendipitous that now we have just been trying to survive for the last few months, the last year almost. Mm -hmm. And this book is written with the hopes that no matter where you're coming from, whether you're still just trying to keep your head above water, which is totally fine, or you're ready to, to just start over for a new take on life, no matter where you're coming from, Growing Boldly is going to give you what you need, the tools you need to figure out what that looks like, like what your fresh start looks like. And then actually figure out how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I love that. I see it as so many of us, my girlfriends and I were just talking about this the other night. This time in history, I truly feel like has allowed us to pick out all the weeds, right? Yes. It has allowed mm-hmm. us to strip away the stuff that just wasn't necessary and to really take a look at what is important. And then yeah. and you add this other layer of, okay, now we have our foundation. Now we can grow boldly on top of that. Yeah. So beautiful. Yep. Thank you. I would love to know, what does the writing process look like to you? If you were to give us a <laughs> behind the scenes look of the yeah. writing process, what does that look like? 
Um, it's funny. It, it's different with every book. Um, with my first book, I, I had infant twins at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, a, let's see, I wrote it in 2015. So I had a four-year-old and I had infant twins. And I still don't know how I was able to write a book in that season, but I went to Starbucks. We had a Starbucks right down the street from our house. And every night we would, I would do tuck in with my kids, tuck in all three. And then I would go to Starbucks for two hours and I would sit there from like eight o'clock until close. And I would just write. And it was, it was little by little. And it took me about eight weeks of going every single day. And I wrote a book. Um, my second book I wrote in four days and it's, I mean, that's just wild, but a simplified life was like in, it was in me and it was just itching to come out. Um, and that book's really tactical. So I actually, um, went on vacation to my parents' house Mm -hmm. and I just sat in my childhood bed and wrote for Mm -hmm. four days. I don't think I slept. Um, when less becomes more, I would, I sat uh, in my living room and wrote for weeks and, um, that one just kind of came out, but I had my kids were in school at that point. So I had all day to work on it. Um, growing, bold, <laughs> growing boldly is funny. I actually would go in. So I, I took a month off of social media and work and everything. And I had the outline down. I knew, I knew like what I wanted the book to be. And I went in my bedroom and shut the curtains every day when my kids would go to school. And I would just write like in the pitch black dark in, in my bedroom. I would just write furiously. And then at the end of the day, I would record it into my phone. And usually by the, I was able to write like a third of a chapter or a half of a chapter a day. And I would record it into my phone. And then on the way to Carline or in Carline, I would play it back to myself. And um, that's where I would notice like holes or things that I wanted to elaborate on. And the next day I would just pick up where I left off and, and keep going. Um, it's funny. Every, every book is different. And I think it, I think my process has a lot to do with the, the concept of the book, like what it's about, uh, kind of shapes, like how it's written, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What if, did you have any, as who I love, Oprah likes to call it aha yeah. moments when you were writing, yeah. growing boldly? You know, I did. Um, and it wasn't my story that brought that. Um, obviously, I've lived it, but I was able to share stories of some other women. Um, one story of a dear friend who has two terminally ill children. Another story of of someone very close to me who went through just a really troubling childhood experience. Um, Another story of a woman who lost her husband and was trying to build legacy with her, I mean, with her boys. There's just, there's so many stories throughout it that I would interview these women and have the honor of mm. translating that into the, the book. And just, they would, they, these stories will move you so much because these women didn't have the perfect scenarios to build their lives from. They are still thriving and still living lives that they're so proud of they're flourishing in with these really dire dry circumstances and just to know that there are women out there who can take this imagine it like a garden like they can take this really bad plot of land like this really difficult thing and somehow find the nourishment they need within it to blossom that's amazing if these women can do that i can do anything yeah. Any, anything. 
Um, their stories just gave me so much um, confidence that God is working in all scenarios, just working like crazy. So um, th- that was a different way of writing for me. I haven't done that in past books, and it was really eye-opening. Oh, that's so... I mean, it took my breath away, even just you sharing a little bit of that story. So I can only imagine going through that process with them and Mm -hmm. the faith and the determination that they have to have to meet every new morning, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Let's dive into another hat that you wear, and that is being a mom. Could you tell us a little bit about your kiddos? I know you said your eldest turned 10 yesterday, and I have a 10-year-old too. And isn't it a fun age? It is so fun. He's like a little man. Like he (laughs) he asked for bed sheets for his birthday. That's what he wanted. So amazing that (laughs) handle it. Now they were very fancy bed sheets. He wanted like really soft, amazing bed sheets. He wanted he told me he wanted his room to feel peaceful. So there we go. That is so <laughs> incredible. He's going to be president someday. <laughs> I fully believe that Brady Lay will be president. I, I really do. He is a remarkable kid. Um, he, back before COVID, you know, started, when we got to do things like hug people and shake hands, um, I did a book signing for When Less Becomes More here locally. And he, I'll never forget, he came downstairs. We were going to dinner with my family beforehand. And he came downstairs in a blazer with jeans and loafers on. And he was like, oh, and his glasses on. And he was like, do you like my outfit? I was like, yes, yes, sir, I do. And we went to the bookstore and he stood there with me and he shook every single person's hand. He gave hugs. He said, I remember one woman said, I drove here to Pensacola from Mobile, Alabama. And he said, Alabama, what a great place to live. I mean, he was just so well-spoken and kind and welcoming. And I just love him. He's, he's amazing. Um, my twins are six, Tyler and Caroline. And Brian and I always laugh and say that we thought for sure God would give us like one kid who is the wallflower, who has the smaller personality, but he didn't. So we have three kids with three very large personalities. Our house is very loud because we're not quiet either. Um, And my twins are awesome. I mean, it's just, I love being a mom and I went through infertility and all kinds of stuff before they were born. So I have this, I have an interesting perspective on it, but, um, I love them and I'm just, I'm just proud of who they are. And life's not always easy. I mean, they're loud and they, they're not perfect, but, um, they're pretty great. If Emily today could go back and give Emily of newborn Brady advice, (laughs) what do you think? she would tell her? I think she would tell her, cut yourself some slack. Um, I tried so hard to to be perfect. I tried really hard. I wanted everybody to know I had it all together. Um, And that, I think that's just, it's a product of my life up until that point. Like if I had, if I worked hard enough at any one thing, I could dominate it. Like I could master it. I could fix it. And so I just felt like if I worked hard enough at being a mom and an entrepreneur, I would be perfect at it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really work that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I tried to be all the things to everyone, to be the very best at everything. And I also tried to keep an image up that like it was easy. 
And when I allowed myself to realize that there's a lot of joy and beauty and happiness when we just kind of settle into life and let the mess happen and let the imperfections um, go and we kind of feel all the feelings, it's a lot more fun. So um, I think that, I think learning that has come with experience and age. Um, You know, I'm I'm turning 38 this month and I think as I get closer to 40, I just become a lot more comfortable in my skin. So yeah, I think that's what I would tell Emily of 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I tell, I used to coach college girls and I used to tell them, I promise you, it only gets better with age. Everything. It does. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's hard to understand that like mm-hmm. when you're younger and I'm sure when I'm 48, I'm going to be thinking like, oh, 38, Emily, you were so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I'm starting to realize like if I, I always felt if I held the reins like really tight Mm -hmm. that nothing would go wrong. And I've realized like, again, it just doesn't work that way. My pregnancy with Brady was really hard. It was really rough. Um, We didn't, long story short, when he was, uh, when I was 18 weeks with him, they told us he could have a terminal diagnosis. They, I mean, they encouraged me to terminate. I mean, it was really horrible. And for my whole pregnancy, we didn't know if he was going to be okay. Um, And I had to just kind of like hand myself over to the way life was going to unfold. And so we didn't know until the minute he was born, like if he was healthy at all. Um, And he is, and he was fine. He's completely and totally fine. But that experience was the first time that I ever had to like really hand myself over to what life was going to be and how life was going to happen. Um, and so it's funny him turning 10 yesterday. It feels like 10 years of me living with that and knowing, um, that I can hand myself over to whatever life is, no matter what, you know, to surrender, Mm -hmm. to surrender. That's the word. Yeah. 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 Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. That's pretty amazing that you went through that and um, he is a happy and healthy yes. little old man living in a 10 year old body. I love that. So much. I mean, when he runs for Congress, you know, I will I know. love to promote him. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit. Our family talks a lot about bucket filling. So things yeah. that fill our buckets, make us feel, feel good about ourselves and our days what are things that fill Emily's bucket? Um, I take a bath every morning and my husband thinks it's so funny. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to go work out in five minutes, but you're in the bathtub. And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. It's just the way I start my day. I get, go straight from the bed to the bathtub. Even before I have my coffee, I read the news in on my phone in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. That fills my cup. And I don't know why. It just does. Um, I love that. I love listening to fiction books on Audible. Um, It's why I ended up starting my own podcast because I just love being able to do something with my hands and also let my brain escape for a little while. Yes. Um, I am a terrible cook. I don't enjoy cooking at all, Um, but I do enjoy setting a good table. And so I have seen the picture. (laughs) You set a wicked table, not only. For, I mean, I've had seasonal inspiration, like, oh my goodness, did you see how she set that table? I mean, it sounds so <laughs> okay. nice in the 50s, but I love it. It brings me joy. I love it. 
I, you know, and I love that you said that about 1950s. I think the concept of keeping home, like mm-hmm. keeping your home, homekeeping, keeping at home. I, lo- I love that. I love doing that. I love um, picking up, like organizing things, mm-hmm. you know, changing our decor around a little bit, rearranging the room, if you will. I love doing that stuff. Do you know, Emily, you were the one that introduced me to Sally Clarkson's books. Oh, I love her. I love and- her. I don't know how they hadn't crossed my path before. This was a year ago. I don't yeah. know if you shared a book of hers or you were talking about something. Yeah. And I just happened to, I don't know if I Googled her or looked up her book and I ordered, um, I think I ordered the mission of motherhood and the life giving table just yeah. right off the bat. And those were life changing, especially in this past year of having to homeschool my kids. Oh yeah. But the simplicity, she brings a sense of simplicity and brings you back to motherhood Mm -hmm. and the importance of motherhood. She absolutely does. Um, I got to meet her in person last year before COVID and it was just, was it last year? No, it was the year before, but it was so much fun to be in person with her. I remember saying, Sally, I don't like to cook. Am I going to be okay? Are my kids going to be okay? And she was like, do you, do you make them? Do you feed them? And I was like, yes, I feed them. And I cook and just don't enjoy it. And she was like, you're going to be fine. The kids are going to be okay. Um, but she's, she's just really amazing. And yes, she and my mom both have inspired me a lot in terms of Creating home as a safe space, um, which you're right, it's taken on a very different meaning over the last year with um, us all being kind of confined to our homes. It's made us look within our four walls and think, okay, this is it. This is what we have. What are we going to do with it? And how are we going to make it a place of comfort and refueling, like you said? Mm-hmm. 2020 was such a hard year for so many people. I think yeah. we still are processing the extent of it and will be for a very long time. Um, yeah. What kind of rhythms did you try and keep for your family during 2020? Or did you have any new rhythms that you implemented in your day yeah. or nighttime routine or anything like that? I kind of went into like trauma mode of, okay, we're homeschooling, well, virtual school. We're doing virtual school. Um, we are, everything's canceled. My kids can't see their friends. I can't see my family. Um, I'm not traveling at all, which I usually do for work. Mm -hmm. And, um, we just decided that we were going to try and embrace it as best we could. Um, I tried to, I tried to very quickly put some parameters in place. My kids are on their iPads all the time now Mm -hmm. because of virtual school and their only interaction with their friends was over FaceTime or text messaging. And so um, I quickly talked to some friends who had older kids and I was like, I don't, I never intended for my 10 year old to have text messaging, but now he does. And so how, and I think it's important for him not to have that socialization. So how do I, you know, what parameters do I put in place? I learned all about Bark, which is a great app if you're looking for something like that to monitor things. Um, We put some routines in place in terms of, virtual school, we still got up. We still got up at the same time. We had breakfast. We did the same, you know, we, mm-hmm. we got their hair done with the exact same things we normally do. They just sat down at the kitchen table, which I tried to turn into a little bit of a school with everything they needed all in one place. 
on Fridays, as soon as school was over, I would pack it all up and move it out of the kitchen so that it felt like a transition to the weekend. Yeah. Um, we did implement more like chores around the house because when nobody leaves your house, it gets really messy. It gets really messy. Yep. <laughs> really messy. So we implemented like some more chores for everyone to do and it wasn't perfect, but it was enough of a structure for us to kind of keep things going. Um, I would every day in the morning and in the evening, um, I would walk my house with a laundry basket. This is like my, my best life hack ever. Walk your house with a laundry basket, pick up everything that's out of place in the, in the main living spaces and just set it out of the way until you have time to then dump it on the floor, separate it by room and have everyone help put it away. That would just give me like the cleanup that I needed for my mental health <laughs> and it would clear the space for them to get done what they needed to get done. Um, it, it, it was not easy uh, and it wasn't easy for anyone, but I think we did the best we could. My kids are back in school in person now. We've seen some sense of normalcy um, return. We're still not going anywhere, mm -hmm. but like I said, my parents are vaccinated. So we had them over yesterday yeah. and that was so fun. So yeah, I, I think that rhythm and routine when we're kind of in that mode, uh, well, every day, but also when we're in the mode of like, I just, I need, I really need to survive this and survive it well. Um, we let a lot of things fall away and we start to focus on what's just most important and, um, giving it some structure with some rhythm and some routine really helps a lot. Can I secretly tell you what I'm terrified? My kids have been home for a year and yeah. they're going back to school on Monday. And you said that your kids still got dressed. Yeah. My youngest, all she <laughs> wants to wear is cozy pajamas now. I mean, like, I don't blame her. Have you seen my outfit today? <laughs> no, like full on footy onesie, oh. give her all the cozy onesies. And we were, she's it. really excited to go back to school. And I said, Annabelle, honey, I, uh, where they're going to school, they have somewhat of a school uniform. And I said, you, honey, you can't wear your cozy pajamas. And I mean, she's like <laughs> processing this moment of not being able to wear cozy pajamas, right? I love it. That's so, so good. It'll, it'll be a change, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe we should have tried to get dressed more often, but you know what? It has. <laughs> and so I love it. As, as we're moving ahead, don't you feel like there's, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel? of this. Yeah, I think somewhat. I think we at least know that like life will return to some sense of normalcy. I, I, I think it will always look a little different. Um, but I think that we are, we are starting to see a vaccine <laughs> and yes. some good things Absolutely. on the horizon. Absolutely. And what do you think all the tension of the times that we have been living in this past year, what do you think it's trying to teach us? I think that we will emerge having learned a lot of things. I think that the most important thing is that life can change in a blink of an eye. Um, it definitely made our family kind of look at life and say like, oh, nothing is promised. Um, if there's things that we want to do or places we want to go or risks we want to take or whatever, like, let's talk about it now. What's the point in waiting? Um, I also think that it's made us become really grateful for the things that really, truly matter. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, 
you know, when life came to a screeching halt and my kids weren't involved in 19, you know, after school activities, we found time to like sit down and eat dinner as a family. And we found time to like connect with each other in ways that we haven't before. So I do think that there will be some things that we've learned throughout this whole thing that we'll be able to take with us. Mm -hmm. I agree. So one of my goals for 2021 is to be more open about talking about my faith. That has just been something I have struggled with um, the last couple years because I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this probably is I'm always afraid I'm going to offend somebody. Right. When talking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in the lens of growing boldly, how, what advice would you give to someone that is trying to grow boldly in a specific area of their life? Mm -hmm. This is such a good question. I became more open in the last year about my faith about my beliefs and the truths that I believe in, be it um, spiritually or politically or what have you. And I think that for me, it just came from this desire for myself to be fully known, Um, especially having kind of this um, platform or presence on the internet or what have you. Uh, And I... I feel like people have gotten to know me through the lens of a screen and I wanted to feel like I was fully known and fully transparent um, regardless of the screen being there. Mm -hmm. And so I would say my best advice is to know that you're going to get it wrong. You're going to feel, you're going to feel nervous when you share things that are very true and special to you. Um, but I think the, the important thing is that we just keep pushing forward. And the more we push forward and we embrace the awkward middle um, and we embrace those feelings of, I don't know what I'm doing. I hope, I hope I'm not offending anyone. I hope I'm doing this right. The more that we push through with that, um, the more we grow and eventually we'll find ourselves in a different place. We might not, it might not be quick, but eventually we're going to look back and be like, oh, I remember when I felt that way when I felt very new or I felt very ill-equipped, you know? And so it's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. Thank you for that. I think mm-hmm. my soul needed to hear that. What does yeah. it look like to grow boldly for you, Emily, in 2021? Well, I think the kind of your last question is exactly it for me. Like I, mm. I want to give myself the space and the grace to be fully me Mm-hmm. Um, I have lost thousands of followers on social media over the last year, especially, um, I was, I was just very open about my political beliefs and I lost a few followers that way, which is, <laughs> yeah, it, um, I think I've just gotten to a place in my life where I want to be Emily. I want to be Emily aside from the Emily lay you know, name aside from simplified, aside from mom of three kids, I just am am becoming so much more comfortable with where I've been, the things I've accomplished, the things I've messed up at. Um, and I just want to be fully her. Mm -hmm. And if that means that I'm not everyone's cup of tea, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best advice I could give anyone. And I, I tell my children all the time, you might be the ripest peach in the barrel, but not everybody likes peaches. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That is mm-hmm. a-okay. Um, you keep living your truth as you have it and know it right this very minute. 
be kind, be respectful of people who are different than you. Um, let everyone have a seat at the table and that's all that matters. I think that I could talk to you all day, Emily, but I feel like that is such a beautiful way to close our conversation today. I just really want to thank you for your, people can't see this, but her sweatshirt says showing up, which I <laughs> yes. And Thank you. That is, letters. <laughs> that is why, you know, Lindsay lives here in the Madison area. She lives yeah. up in some prairie. And I, love her. Um, I think people connect. I know people follow you because they see your authenticity and your vulnerability and they can connect with that. So thank yeah. you for showing up and being you and inspiring so many people. Of course. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I just, I loved our conversation. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And Emily, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on social media at Emily Lay and also at Simplified and then at emilylay.com. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to She Leads Her Life. Again, this podcast is brought to you by jennaschneidercoaching.com. And thank you for being here.